0: You're listening to Broken Palisades, a Prime by Cortex miniseries. This show features adult language and depictions of violence. We hope you enjoy the show. We open up on a now quiet street in Mudwater, the side street where Maze's shop is. We are centered in front of the toy shop Uh, we have a shot where Maze is helping tig and his husband into the toy maker's shop and uh, ronnie you're kind of on standby here the shop's too cramped to have you go in as well and frankly they just don't know you like that and meanwhile while you're out here on the front porch of this establishment you see a familiar face ronnie you see michelle michelle uh, you've been walking through the carnage here, uh, the bodies have been littering the floor here in mud all over the town from what you've seen, and you've been walking around in search of your employer, which is Ronnie. It should be noted that no person that's living seems to be out and about right now. Very much the situation where people are sort of peering from windows and such, but ultimately All the windows are shuttered, and no one's about. And this is when you finally enter the uh, side street where Ronnie is, and the two of you lock eyes.
1: So I'm going to make my way towards her. Uh, I'm not saying anything. I'm just trying to, like, close the distance a little bit. I guess I can see that she's with someone else. I'm not really the type who speaks with their words. So I'm... Mostly keeping to sort of my general body language, which, I mean, considering everything, I'm not exactly too plused about what happened. Uh, okay, and Ronnie
2: sees you and moves away from the group, trying not to make a thing of it. And she approaches you and, like, puts her hand on her sword hilt and is like, Hey, uh, so I think I don't actually need help anymore. I have the thing back.
1: You still have to pay for the labor.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, you didn't find it, though. I feel like paying like half is fair.
1: I was almost just killed trying to find it. Not just from whatever that was, but from guards who were interested in the price. And you're telling me that you're going to pay me half after almost dying twice? There's hazard pay to consider.
2: I mean, you... You didn't do the job, though.
1: That might be the case. I'm sure we can reach some kind of arrangement, though. I mean, your shop is still in this town, right? It must be pretty damaged. It'd be uh, pretty shame if it got hurt more.
2: No, I don't have a shop here.
1: You have to have a house nearby.
2: I'm not from around here. What if there was a, I don't know, a different job for you to do?
1: Ah, <sighs> Well, I guess that's easier than breaking your legs right now.
2: Ronnie takes a step back.
1: Well, I mean, you didn't have a house or a shop. I had to think of something. But another job, as long as it pays 1.5 times.
2: That sounds fair. Um, I was thinking more like, well, I've kind of met someone who wants to do a thing, and you could do the thing with us.
1: Oh, uh, okay. The thing?
2: So I think it kind of depends on what we get from that.
1: This is a hunting job, right?
2: I'm not entirely sure what she wants, but it does have to do with the sword still.
3: And then as if
0: on cue, Maze enters the scene.
3: Who is this, Ronnie? Are they giving you trouble?
2: No, I think actually I might be giving them trouble, so...
1: I'm just a hunter, and I was hired to find a sword, and... Almost died in the process. We're just negotiating on price. I'm not really big into money, but I'm not a fan of almost dying
3: for nothing.
2: I think it's fair. If, since, Maze is the one who stole it from me, she could pay you.
3: You were trying to get the sword back. Well, I was going to return it. It just took some time. You didn't have to send somebody after me to get it. But she did. And now the issue of money is coming up.
2: Well, here's the thing. You can't just take things from other people, especially strangers, even if you intend to give it back.
3: Borrowing is a perfectly legitimate thing to do.
2: Borrowing requires permission. Let's go with stealing on this one.
3: And theft has a
1: bounty that has to usually be paid by the one who set the bounty, but I'm willing to accept it from the person who... the criminal.
3: Oh, okay, okay. No need to throw titles and and threats around i'm sure we can come to an understanding you said that you weren't really interested in money though i i think i can well i mean i want money
1: i just am not like driven by it i'm more driven by the fact that i almost died doing this and then i'm going to have to walk away with nothing but a you didn't do the job sorry you almost got eaten by a crocodile and killed by some guards from another kingdom
3: Now, I didn't cause those things, so that shouldn't be put on hazard pay for this job. But besides all of the problems that we're facing right now, feral animals notwithstanding, I think that Ronnie has a good point. We could probably come to an understanding in terms of your next job, and maybe it'll pay a little bit more, maybe not in money, but in bonus items.
1: Uh, well, I mean, that's literally what I was asking for, I guess. I guess I'd rather work with you two than some other people. Again, you guys screwed me over.
3: You see that sword by her side. It is a very powerful, magical item. And I borrowed it in order to find out exactly its properties and and how it could be of use to me, which it didn't turn out to be any use to me, but it is very important for Ronnie. And we could go to the place where she found it and find more like it.
1: So I can almost die there, too. Ah...
3: Well,
2: I don't know if there's more like it there. But just to be upfront about things.
3: Only way to find out is to try. Now, w- I'm sorry, but I didn't... I don't think I got your name.
1: Michelle. Michelle Caro. And I don't think I've learned mm, the names of you two lovelies. Maze. Like the corn?
3: Or like <laughs> the, you know, puzzle. You, you have a maze? Either either works. It's fine.
2: Maze, I actually thought about corn, oh, too. Oh, well... Sorry.
3: I think she just sort of looks a little, like, annoyed, but she she doesn't say anything.
1: In the puzzle, like, a for toy? Like, a toy for kids? Like, a,
3: like a, um, a maze? Have you ever heard of... I, I don't know how to explain what a maze is. Sounds
1: like you, you don't you, really know what it is, then.
3: do
1: <laughs> we even know it's real?
3: <laughs> Never mind the meaning of my name, but in your hunting, did you run across... T- The person that you were hunting?
1: Got close. A few times. But guards got in the way. Didn't work out. Pretty (sighs) sure.
2: I'm glad you didn't die.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad I didn't die either. You know, generally speaking, not exactly looking forward to meeting the deep one below just yet.
2: I don't
3: understand that reference. But besides that, um, Uh we may need to find him first. I... Do owe him a favor for the favor that he did for me. And she sort of points at Ronnie's sword.
1: Oh, I see. So you hired some... This is a bit of a compl- I don't know. Okay, so the person I was hunting was the one who stole So you're not even the one who stole the sword. You hired someone else to steal the sword.
3: Yes. I thought that was understood.
1: You two. I'm just saying. I've ever heard of just doing your jobs yourself?
3: Well, I had important research if to do If you don't off. have money. Well, I have money, but, you know, items and and things are more interesting than money. Money is just something that you have and you give away, but these items actually have knowledge and valuable information about our history, about our past, about everything that's happened, like the event that happened 12 years ago. Aren't you interested at all in, in that and how it connects to the world as it is now?
1: All I really am interested in is staying alive the next day. That means food, water, money, women, and hunting.
3: Food and water, I can provide. They will be no problem on this trip. All supplies and resources will be provided for, and there will be, I don't want to say loot, but there will be loot at the end of it as well if we find what we're looking for.
1: I don't really play the instrument that well, honestly. I've never been into that kind of music.
3: Not, not, no. She just kind of like doesn't know what to say. And, just sort of <laughs> <laughs> and Ronnie, if, if you are agreeable to this, you know, you know where you got the sword. And frankly, I'd like to find out more about your connection to it.
2: Yeah, I'm just thinking still about how Michelle said women are required for survival.
3: Uh, I
1: mean, you know, <laughs> we, can, yeah, <laughs> uh, we don't need to focus on that.
3: Well, if if you'd come into my shop, it's there's somewhat macabre out here with all the carnage, and we can discuss more details on the trip ahead. And what we need to do to find my associate.
1: All right, I'm not going to win, and I'd rather not beat up two people right now, so let's do this.
3: No, no violence needed.
1: I just said there wasn't.
2: And I appreciate it.
3: She gives her the side eye and just sort of walks into her shop away from this dangerous person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we have a shot of just the marshes in general. It is a dark night at this point. Uh, A half moon looms above the gray marshes. And then we cut to a small fire. We slowly pan over from the feet up, we see Zakhar laid out. Zakar, you've been a bit of a daze for the last hour since you were being dragged out. Pretty sure you lost consciousness at least once. Now that you're coming to and more coherently, you feel a numbness at your lower extremity where previously there was immense pain in your left leg, which... you're. You're slowly re- recollecting you you think might have snapped. You're not quite sure, but it feels completely numb there. Uh, the fire feels warm against your skin here. You're pretty close to it. What do you do?
4: Ugh, my head. Uh, and I'm sort of like also trying to like feel out my leg and realizing it's numb. What happened? And I'm sort of like blurry eyed and trying to look around and get a sense of my surroundings.
0: Yeah, so checking over your leg first, you find that it's in this sort of makeshift cast using some of the reeds from the marsh itself, uh, as well as these like long, broad leaves that just all work together to form this sort of stiff cast around you. It smells terrible and it just like crazy. uh, And that seems to be the only sensation that you get from an otherwise numbed leg. Checking out your surroundings. You see a single man sitting across the fire from you, currently worrying himself over a pot of uh, what smells like stew. This man actually seems familiar to you. He is a broad-shouldered man, very muscular, blonde hair, dark green eyes, and since you last saw him a couple years ago, he's sporting a new scar. Half his face seems to be burnt, and... That's where his like long hair just kind of covers that very loosely, uh, as he leans in and tries the pot. This is Doug, and Doug is a very quiet, rogue outlaw type, not unlike yourself. Although he is usually the muscle, and if Doug is here, that usually means Fasir, his cousin, is somewhere nearby. I'm not sure that
4: I necessarily like Fasir very much. Maybe not. Uh- duke either what zakar would do after sort of getting his bearings is sort of try to sneak away if possible but with a broken leg that might not be possible so i guess i'll just talk to him uh ugh. duke what are you doing here what
0: happened mm. he grunts uh jumping onto his feet uh, suddenly his double belated axe is like at his in his hand uh, seeming to materialize out of nowhere, and he's looking around, and yeah, uh, the startled Duke, who has never been too bright, notices you across the fire. Uh, he kind of rolls his eyes, sets his gr- uh, great axe down behind the log that he was sitting on, and once more worries himself over these two. You've never known Duke to be a strong talker. Uh, and a moment later, he can hear some whistling in the distance. Someone probably 20, 30 feet away, uh, but not quite in view. I know that whistle. Yeah, and sure enough, uh, Fasir pushes through some of the reeds of the marshes. It does seem like you're still somewhere within the marshes in some sort of like small, solid clearing. Fasir has like uh, an armful of wood for the fire to keep it going. Uh, He is a much shorter man than Duke by a full foot, Duke being like seven feet, so I guess that would place him at about six feet and actually still pretty tall. Fasir is a lankier gentleman than Duke. He is very quick on his feet from what you've known, but as far as you can tell, age is catching up to him. His brown hair is starting to gray, He has a scraggly beard, but he's shaved it in such a way that he still recognizes his face. What do you last remember of Fasir? The last time I saw Fasir, we had been doing
4: a job together that uh, went south. We sort of went our separate ways and haven't necessarily been on the best of terms.
0: Fasir sets down um, the bundle of sticks, and he doesn't actually notice that you're up and bounce or you're awake just yet. Instead, his attention turns over to Duke, who hasn't said a word, hasn't even really grunted at all. And Fasir, it, it very much sounds like a two-person conversation, but Fasir is doing all the talking. What do you mean he's up already? He looks over at you, standing in Kimbo above the uh, fire. Well, I'll be. And he walks over to your side. Zagaro old buddy, long time no see. Yeah, hey, uh, old man.
4: Been a while indeed. I should have known that if Doug was here that you'd be somewhere
0: around too. Oh, of course. Family is family after all. And you know, Zakar, I still consider you family. Despite the fact that uh I'm pretty sure our last job went south because of you. I don't fault you for that. I've Hey, hey now, that that was not my fault. That was not my fault. Sure. It could happen to anybody. Sure. Of course. And with that, like, he's now, like, kneeling beside you, just cursory glance over your leg, and just kind of has, like, a meaty uh, but supposed supposedly friendly slap against the side of your face. Uh, you need to rest up. Duke is making his famous stew. We'll talk more. I,
4: I have so many questions, though.
0: Questions, questions, questions. Maybe that's why you bundled the job so much. You were probably lost in the streets and, now that you have the values in your hand, you probably were asking for directions, right? Enough with the questions, Zakhar. Get some rest. And at that point, Zakhar, uh, let's actually have the first roll of this episode, uh, which is going to be sort of a like retroactive, like how well is this cast working? This cast is not unfamiliar to you. Whether or not you've ever worn one is up to you. Uh, but basically it's it's... Typically pretty expensive to actually get such a cast uh, put on you. Um, it's actually mostly the rich who have such a cast. And these casts are usually made out of herbs and uh, leaves and such. So this is not too unusual. You're pretty sure the stench shouldn't be there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a very like, alchemically based uh, cast. And it should be working its magic onto your broken leg. Uh, cutting down the time significantly for recovery. Well, okay, then. Let's see,
4: then. Let's see what I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll.
0: This should be a discern, or not discern. This should be a endure check.
4: Right, right. Okay. And I'm going to say survival as my value. Makes sense.
0: And the uh, total you have to be here for the difficulty is 13. Actually, I'll make it slightly easier for you. Uh, Difficulty is set to 12. I
4: think I've got my dice pulled together, so let's see what happens.
0: And that's a big ol' eight. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, it feels like your leg is still messed up. You don't, we don't have a bone jutting out or anything, but you know we can probably rename this complication of yours—the D10 broken leg that you're still carrying—to like a D10 uh, wounded leg. All right. Because uh, it's not so. It, it's not so much broken, but you still can't have, like, full mobility of it yet. That makes sense. So at this point, Fasir goes over, pours himself a bowl, pours Duke a bowl, and then pours you, or pours you a bowl. And then fancy seeing you around these parts. I always thought you were more of a northern man.
4: Yeah, well, you know, you don't get many opportunities to uh, take an aerial tour of the, uh, marsh.
0: Oh, was that you dropping out from the skies? Oh,
4: yeah, you saw that, huh? I guess that's how you found me.
0: Uh, reminds me of a younger you, frankly. Always looking to fly? He takes a sip of his stew. Here in a few hours once that leg of yours heals up. We'll talk about, uh, what you could be doing to return the favor for us.
4: Oh, is this your handiwork? It smells, uh, god-awful.
0: I'm still practicing. Did a little bit of time pretending to be a healer at the temple in Casimir. I may have learned a thing or two. Uh, those suckers are probably realizing right now that I wiped uh, some of their artifacts. Pointless artifacts, but still, fetch a pretty piece of coin. Yeah, why am I not surprised? Still at it, huh? Oh, don't pretend like you're better than us, Zakar. takes a nice long look at you uh, as he, like, sips the stew from, um... From the bowl directly, says, smacking his lips. Let me guess. Probably some small-town job. Uh, what was that shithole called? Uh, Mudwater? Small-town, small problems. Uh, let me guess. You probably had to steal someone's prize mule. Or someone's prize lockets. <laughs> Come on, Zakar. I thought you were better than that.
4: Yeah, you're way, way off. And I have like a guilty look in my face. Because, you know, he's pretty... Or he hit pretty close to home.
0: Oh, I'm way off, huh? What's that supposed to mean? Doing big scores without hitting up your old pals.
4: Well, I uh, I would have written, but I never got a forwarding address.
0: He clears his throat. Duke, I think, scoops over on the log just close enough to like lean in and grumble some stuff into his ear. And Fasir says, What time, what time, Duke? Don't worry. We just gotta make sure Zakar gets back on his feet. And we'll be richer than anyone would have ever imagined. This is going to be a job. It's going to be in the stories. And he shares a look with Duke, and then the two uh, look toward you, and we cut back to Maze. Maze, I believe you were leading the rest of the party here into your shop?
3: Yeah. I think she would start to... You said it was getting dark, so she'll light the lanterns and then start pulling down a bunch of supplies that she has, like pulling them off of shelves, pulling maps down, boxes out from under tables with sort of her delving gear. If we want to get ahead of this and whatever creatures that were outside, we should probably leave soon. but I have all the supplies here. we should probably find my associate as well, but supplies first, and she sort of just starts to point at different piles of things for them to to get what they need from it, sort of expecting them to know what travel supplies they need as she goes about and starts to collect maps and things.
1: Okay. I mainly focus on the food and water, basic stuff, food, water, medicine, try to just fit as much in a backpack as possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ronnie already has been adventuring, so has the necessities, and also just focuses on, well, I need more food and medicine too, so okay
0: uh i think within 10 minutes uh a lot of you have regrouped it doesn't take much for you to pack up uh some stuff and um i kind of imagine maybe there's like a like table with a map of the local area but it's up to you maze
3: yeah yeah she's got different patchwork of different maps made by different people all together you know there's All different papers. One's probably on a napkin or something, just like any sort of clues that she finds about artifacts anywhere, she sort of writes on whatever piece of paper that she can. And she has the map of the local area. So, um, my associate was the one that was carted off by a giant bird. I couldn't quite tell. There was a giant bear as well there. So things got a little hazy and confusing there for a moment. But I think. He was taken northwest, so we should probably head in that direction first.
1: Your friend is probably dead.
3: Well, I have to find out before we can just abandon him. Have you paid him yet? Of course. Mostly. He always asks for half before any jobs start, which, Michelle, you should probably start doing the same.
1: I was about to say I really should have adopted that policy. That sounds a lot more sensible.
3: But he completed his, his task. He did get the sword to me. So yes, he was paid. And she looks pointedly at Michelle like
1: I was I, I could feel that a
3: little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh also this is just she's a little giddy with excitement, even though it seems like a very dangerous situation that they're in and whatever creatures are out there she's got this sort of jittery excitement about her. We should probably just head out if you're all set with supplies and I've got everything I need here.
1: I mean this town was overrun with giant monsters and their main form of pastime is running around in circles. So I mean I have no love lost heading out now.
3: Isn't that fascinating though? Those they're no. just who knows what what was compelling them to do that. It could have been Somebody was compelling them. Maybe they were trained. Maybe it was some, some magic gone awry. Aren't you at all curious?
1: Animals eat other animals. Humans are just big, hairless, not that tasty animals.
3: Truth. We do smell awful to them, but. To them? To the animals. But no, they don't. were all almost working together, and crocodiles and bears do not work together.
2: Yeah, but if we just leave, we won't have to worry about why they were working together. They won't be our problem anymore
3: truth truth okay okay fine fine let's let's get on the road
1: you may have an optimist thinking we're not going to run into any more of them
3: she smiles kind of like oh man if only if only we ran into more it'd be so (laughs) fascinating
1: i've walked these woods enough to know that there really is very little safe place outside of these villages so let's all go i'm sure at least one of you two shall survive
3: see now that's a little optimism there for you
2: I
1: know who it'll be. Well, so well, only one of them is usually slow enough to get eaten when we run. <laughs>
3: she just kind of looks at her like, shall we?
1: <laughs> I, my character nods yes.
3: Yeah.
0: So you all head out into the night and uh, heading where you last saw the car being flown off to. And this brings you toward the marsh. is isn't long, traveling the path here before Actually, I, I guess that is more of a question for y'all. Are you all trying to stick to the roads or uh, head off into the actual marsh itself?
1: I mean, I, I'm talking out of character right now. I mean, what do you guys think? We, On one hand, I'm probably better off the roads because I'm a hunter, but I don't know if I can convince you two to go walking around in the dirt and the mud and the trees and the grass.
2: Ronnie has no problem with that. That's yeah. what she was going to suggest. Mainly oh, okay. just
3: like, ooh, let's, yeah, sure. That's better.
4: Yeah, I was going to say that Michelle probably would be better at tracking Zakar in the actual marsh. Besides, it's
1: I'm better hunting animals than fighting people, and usually the biggest threat on roads are bandits. Truth.
0: Okay, uh, so let's actually have a roll with Michelle, now that we're out here in the wilderness, trying to track down Zakar. Let's do that then. This is a difficulty of 11. Uh, by the way, as I take a glance at these uh, complications that are still on the board, Maze, any time that you want to try to recover from your complication, uh, and this is true for any complication, so complications go away either when like it makes sense that they would go away or when you make what's called a recovery roll. And that's essentially what Zakhar's first roll was, um, was trying to make a recovery roll goal is to not only be successful but to hopefully have an effect die bigger than the complication you're trying to recover from Um, if you're successful but have a smaller effect die then it it just gets stepped down but let's focus on michelle's role first and if that's the thing that you also want to like look into doing we can talk about after michelle's role
1: Okay, so what I did is I took Survive D10, my Survival Value D10, my Survive Skill D10 with a hunting specialty of D6, and my Renowned Hunter D8. Okay. My best result possible is to take the 5 from the D6 and the 5 from the D10 for 10, and then use the 4 D10 to make a D10 effect die for a 10 of a D10 effect, which I believe might actually still be a failure. Let me just check that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I have an 11, so uh, fortunately that is still a failure. What was your yeah, effect die? Effect die is, is not going to matter for this test. It's just a normal ah. test, so effect die is not factoring in here. But I'm still have a higher total now. Uh, Zakhar here recommended that maybe we spend a plot point. That's up to you.
1: Let's see. And the plot point would be used to spend another. We we should only have one plot point right now,
0: right? Uh, plot points carry over. If you had zero plot points, uh, it would tick up to one at the beginning of the session. So I just have one according to this.
1: All right. Well, you know, I guess I didn't use it last time. Let's use it. YOLO. Let's add an extra one. Mm-hmm. Does anyone do YOLO anymore? Probably not.
0: That's going to bring you to a success. So you actually managed to find some nice evidence of as to like that Zakar that you're going the right direction. Zakar, what's a um what's a little like knick-knack or article of clothing that would be distinguishable for maze that, uh, that might be found out here in the marshes? Oh man,
4: so I think maybe um Part of my cloak got ripped off while I was struggling in the air. And so maybe like some of the torn fabric from my cloak sort of was just like lying there in the marsh.
0: Uh, Then that's where you find, Michelle. You find a piece of torn fabric uh, in the marsh by some of the waters here. Uh, The waters of the uh, gray marsh at this point don't really get too deep. So we can kind of imagine uh, at some points that you're kind of wading through some of this. And just getting on more solid land when you can. But yeah, you find this and it would appear that there are a couple of footsteps or footprints and something or someone being dragged along. Based off the description that you would have gotten from uh, Ronnie, you know, one pair of footsteps is far too large to have been Zakhar. Now, with that said, uh, they seem to be heading in a very general direction here. uh, And you can kind of follow that scent as it were.
1: I mean, there's many people who are going to be in the woods being dragged off, especially after everything that happened. but I'm going to relay that information Well there is a set of large footprints dragging someone off with this cloth. I don't know if this is familiar to you, if this is the person we're, if this looks like a artifact uh, item of the person we're looking for, but whoever it is is being dragged off by some sort of gigantic bandit.
3: Well, that's good news, right They wouldn't. Drag off a dead body now, would they?
1: Unless they, it's not a bandit and a gravekeeper. Okay. I mean, there are some big gravekeepers. They are lugging around bodies all the day. If You think about it logically.
3: Do they just collect bodies and bury them outside of their work hours? I mean... It's their hobby. She, she kind of looks at Ronnie and is like, oh, You hired this person? <laughs>
2: <laughs> My options are limited. Just... What?
1: I come very highly recommended on this on the town board. I thank you very much. I have a four star rating.
3: Well, that's good to know. We sh- we should continue then, right?
2: She scared me when she first talked to me, and I figured that was a good person. I wanted to find someone. It
3: makes <laughs> sense. It makes sense.
4: Any bounty hunter that Zakar can throw off the tr- uh, you know his trace you know is fine in his book. So <laughs> he's all for it
1: the weirdest thing, too. I wasn't even, like, trying to go for the job. I was just saying, what's up? And then she offered it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: she panicked.
2: Yeah, take it. Here. <laughs> Offering to buy her a drink. That <laughs> <It> was intimidating.
1: <laughs> not, not what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right. So, now that we're here um, in the marshes, uh, between the moonlight and any torch or lantern line that light that you may or may not be carrying on your person the waters of the gray marsh are naturally i mean frankly a little gray it's part of where they're getting uh, the name for gray marsh it's still like safe potable water uh for the most part so long as you boil it um but yeah it, it very much looks like gray water much of the time uh tonight um in the light that you have on you the waters seem a little discolored little like trace amounts of uh, coloring here. Not too unlike blood, but still too much of an orange tint to it to be blood kind of revelating through the waters here. Do you all just press on?
3: Um, I think Maze would take out her little little spectacles and take a look at it because she spent some time in the area and anything that is a little bit different, she gets fixated on. (laughs) She wants to see if it's magical-related or anything.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Let's go ahead and make a roll for that. That's probably going to be a discern, and uh, you're looking at a difficulty of 11.
3: So I guess this would be secrets or survival. It's just it's easier for me to, like, mutter out my thoughts, and Mm -hmm. I just figure you can edit that out. I apologize. Uh, Yeah, so secrets, discern, and then her spectacles. I'm gonna use one of the plot points.
0: By using one of the plot points, that brings you up to thirteen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's very odd. Uh, this substance seems to sit on top of the water, and frankly, at a glance, it could potentially be s- mistaken as like a algae bloom um, that is uh, currently occurring. But uh, yeah, through your uh, binoculars, you can see that it has like a certain. Sparkle to them. Uh, they don't quite glow and jump out at you uh, like Laura or like Ronnie did when you were examining her and the sword, but it's there, trace amounts of magic. Uh, and with that said, like I kind of imagine that you're looking all about and while still having the binoculars pressed to your face and looking up toward the like horizon, uh, that's when you see a shadow in the distance not unlike what you previously saw in the reflection of the toy maker's shop
3: oh shit so one thing has has she encountered these before these sort of shadow things
0: yeah so i think every magic user at some point Always encounters uh, these other beings. Uh, you being more experienced, or I assume so, since you own a shop. Yeah, yep. You know that these uh, that magic attracts these otherworldly beings that come from a plane that just smushes up against your material plane, and they are attracted. To the use of magic, uh, is like anytime someone uses magic, is like shooting a flare up into the sky for them to look, and so they slowly try to advance. And so these shadows are sort of like like a manifestation of them like seeking you out, right? And so mm-hmm. magic users see this in um, mirrors and stuff and reflections, or in your case, through m- magic binoculars. There are a few ways to ditch this the one for sure way is to just get as far as you can from where you casted the spell i mean at this point you're still like you're like a within a mile of mudwire so you're not too far uh so you could just very well just keep marching on Uh, but in terms of other ways that you can potentially get rid of this i'll actually put windows in your hands depending on how you roll let's do a recall check
3: okay
0: I've rolled six for the difficulty, so this should be easy for you. I've also rolled an opportunity.
3: Oh, cool. That's a 14. Nice. And how do I buy, how do I use that opportunity again?
0: You spend a plot point per opportunity, and opportunities can be used to step up an existing asset or to do step down an existing complication uh, just right off the bat. It doesn't even have to be related to what we're doing.
3: Awesome. I think I'm going to buy it and just step down the stench <laughs> okay
0: uh well give yourself a plot point again or i guess don't oh. take it off uh, because i'm gonna okay. buy that hitch from you uh so, okay. that's a, so that's another d8 for me also you roll the heroic success your hero die is going to be a d10 oh nice why don't you 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 tell me you know exactly um at least one way to uh, get rid of this uh, because you know it's, it's not always convenient to just leave the place that you were at when you casted a spell, right, and got this, like, eldritch stench on your person, right? So what's the thing that magic users can do to uh, shake this creature off?
3: I think there's a way to make almost a decoy, like a lure, that you can sort of set off the scent that you give off. You, like, put it onto something else and then sort of let that out, and it and it chases after that instead of going after for you. So almost like a little, like a little magical decoy
1: okay
0: is that something you want to do right now
3: i think because everything is urgent at this point i think she's going to wait and just tell the others to keep going and let's see if distance will make a difference
0: uh let's have you do one last roll uh this is going to be a move check
3: Ooh. okay
0: Roll two more opportunities, but the difficulty has been set to nine.
3: So that is a survival. I think Navigator would come into play for this. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) Damn it. Uh.
0: Yeah. I. (laughs) I think what happens here is, and I kind of imagine like you're constantly like checking this uh, through the monoculars. Which, by the way, do you let your companions know what's going on?
3: She was wrapped up in the the sort of the residue left on the water and then she saw this shadow and she's just thinking about the ways that like if they just move faster like she doesn't have to actually blatantly do any magic in front of them to to like set the lure i don't think she says anything she just seems a little bit more jittery and she keeps like holding up her little binoculars and looking around them like suspiciously so it's (laughs) it's very blatant that something's up but i don't think she says anything
4: Can Maze actually buy those two opportunities that you rolled Kirby?
0: She can. Now we'll say uh, you failed and you failed with a hitch. So basically, if you fail to beat the difficulty and roll a hitch, the complication is stepped up by one for every hitch rolled. Uh, So we're off the bat. Um, You had originally bought my last opportunity to make a D8, right? Uh, so right off the bat, without handing plot points over, it gets stepped up to a D10. Now, if you want, yeah, there are two opportunities on the board for you to buy. If you want to just turn around and just buy it back down.
3: I think she's, I have to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And I'm just going to, just yo-yoing between a D and a D10 right now.
0: Okay. So I think that brings us back down to a D6. If you're buying both of those opportunities for two just, plot points. Just one. Okay. Just one. Okay. Uh, so back to D8. Um, okay, and I think, um, I think this kind of looks a little peculiar to Ronnie and Michelle. Ronnie and Michelle, the two of you, definitely knows that Maze is worried over something.
1: Hey, Ronnie, is just me or does Binoculars Girl seem like she's freaking out?
2: It is not just you.
1: It's a little funny. Must be her first time adventuring.
2: It doesn't seem like it would be.
1: She did have a lot of supplies, so I guess she's not a coward.
2: It seems more like, uh, she's trying to keep something from us, which I don't like.
1: Oh, I don't like that either. Do you think I should, like, talk with her?
2: Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say, like, threaten her. Uh, yeah, (laughs) talking is good.
1: I wasn't going to threaten her. You know, I just, it's a little awkward sometimes talking to people about problems they have, or, you know, just in general, sometimes talking to people. When there isn't violence involved.
2: Well, yeah, actually, you're right. Uh yeah, Let's go talk to her.
1: Yeah, you start the conversation. I'll just stand quietly oh, behind you. Okay. I'm best in a conversation like that.
2: Okay, uh, that'll be a lot of fun.
1: I get paid to do that sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy this conversation. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh ronnie goes over to maze hey what's what's up what are you what you doing
3: i think there's something out there
2: uh a hell monster
3: just uh something
1: i try to look extra intimidating by crossing my arms and leaning forward you know something i picked up over the years when you're trying to scare an answer out of somebody
2: I don't remember if I said Ronnie was really short, but I do want you to be, like, practically hovering
1: over Ronnie from behind. <laughs> oh, I'll absolutely do that. Which would be really weird because now I'm leaning forward, so I'm basically leaning <laughs> yeah. over you.
2: It's like, it's one of those things that's like, this is really weird, but also I'm intimidated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to intimidate like that i'm just leaning over <laughs> her just staring at the person trying to force an answer out
3: see I was, I was looking at this weird substance in the water and then i looked up and i saw a shadow and see these these little binoculars that i have they sort of see magical entities and magical auras and there's something out there that we should probably just keep keep going faster o- away from town
2: Okay, do you- why? What is it? What do you know about it?
3: Well, you see, magic is dangerous, and I've been studying it to try to understand it more and to control it more. And there is kind of a glitch when you use magic improperly or too much.
1: Are you saying you're a witch?
3: If that's what you call somebody that can use magic.
2: Oh, I don't want
1: that, then. I don't know, it's kind of cool, but where's her hat?
3: Uh, those are only witches in stories wear hats. I don't live in a swamp.
1: Witches live in swamps?
2: Imagine all the sweat. It would ruin your hair.
1: Oh, you're right, it would really ruin her hair, and she has got she did put a lot of effort into it, too.
3: Do, do either of you care about the monster that's out there, or are we going to talk about me having a a, a witch hat?
2: I am concerned about the monster, but it seems like my suggestion from earlier of just getting away from the problem is a solution.
1: Yes, I mean, you're telling me we just have to keep going forward and you can cast magic spells. Honestly speaking, I think we're already in danger anyway. And now I know I have someone who can like say words and shoot lightning out of their hands, going lightning bolt, lightning bolts. So that's pretty cool. That's
3: not, not how it let's just keep oh, going. Oh.
1: I'm sorry. I didn't mean, to f- are you the one who turns kids into, into pies then?
3: It's not often you find her speechless.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh, or do you have a house with giant chicken legs on it? Or candy? Ooh, candy.
3: There is a provision of sweets in each of your food bags.
1: Oh, this is awesome. It's great working with Witch.
3: Shall we continue?
1: I mean, Candy's like, oh, something only nobles get. I mean, sweet. Witches are awesome. She's
3: just going to walk away from them and continue in the direction.
2: <laughs> I'd have a sweet tooth if I could afford it.
1: I literally never had this before. Is Candy supposed to be bitter? Oh, well. <laughs> we really got the sword and sorcery dialogue Yeah, that was
0: <laughs> spot on. I'm pretty sure this was directly from Conan. Oh. <laughs> We go over to Zakar. Zakar, an hour has passed since our initial scene. The night goes on and it is oddly quiet here in the marsh. You usually hear like grass uh, crickets in the background or usually see birds flying overhead even this late at night. But here under the stars and this lone tree on this small plot of land here in the marsh, there's none of that. At this point, Doug has uh, gone to sleep and it's just. Well, it's just you and Fasir who are awake. Fasir, who you've never known to be like a big book reader, has a book in hand, leather bound, and is quietly mumbling through uh, the words, too quiet for you to actually hear. How have you been spending the last hour, Zakar? I definitely think
4: that Zakar would be interested in Perk Up when he heard Fasir talking about a job. I think you would have tried to ask about it, at least initially, and see if Fasir would tell him anything about it or not.
0: Fasir, dog-earing like when the pages, sighs um, and goes and checks your cast. At this point, he actually begins to undo some of the broadleaves and reeds that are binding this cast to you, along with the pace that like, forms the inner lining. It momentarily burns. It burns a lot when he pulls it off. Uh, and when he does remove the cast uh, from you, what's actually exposed here uh, is a good working leg, it seems. You may remove the wounded leg complication. I will say, however, that for some reason, your leg is very frog-like uh, where this cast was.
4: Gah! Oh, oh god. What is this?
0: Relax, it's just a side effect. You know, some of the rich folk in uh, Casimir now, they do this on purpose. Uh, you can't do these sort of casts and not leave a mark on your body. And so the rich folk nowadays, they purposely wrap their body parts in casts to make them more animal-like It's the latest fashion. I don't quite understand it. You got people who look like birds and all matters of beasts. The more dangerous to beasts, pricier the cast. It's part of the reason why I was trying to learn that stuff.
4: Well, while that actually makes Zakara start wondering about some of those, like, mutanty things that he saw back in town, he's immediately going to go to, I don't want
0: frog legs! Oh, please. It'll go away and, uh, what was it? It's supposed to be a day or a year. I think a day. It should be gone in a day.
4: What?! Well... If, if this doesn't heal tomorrow, then we're going to have words. Sure, sure. Try walking on it. And uh, even though it still is tingling, I guess he'll try it out. Seems to be working okay, I
0: think. Yeah, there's a little hop in your step for that particular leg, but it's okay. Fasir says, oh, this is going to work out great. Sakaro, old buddy, and he slaps you across the back. We're about to be rich
4: yeah what's what's going on with that what's what's up with this job that you keep talking about
0: he walks back over where he has set down that leather bound book he picks it up and holds it up as if it holds all the answers this is unlabeled cover so you're not quite sure what this book is about he says this right here this talks about destiny it's prophecy that's some great men and i think we're those great men I'm going to come across an artifact. And with that, he rummages into a nearby uh, sack that he has and pulls out what seems to be like this small triangular fragment. What the way is curved maybe belong to a, a cup or maybe even a vase? You're, you're not quite sure. So it's not that huge of a fragment. And it is ornately like decorated on one side and uh, frankly it seems like it's made out of clay. Now, Zakar, are you still... On and on about how everyone makes their own destiny.
4: Yeah, of course. I've never
0: found that to be false. <laughs> sure. Well, I've had a change of heart since you last saw me. Maybe it's from hanging out with those religious nuts uh, in Casimir. Whatever the case is, Doug and I, we took a job about a week ago uh, for some graze hermit that lives here in the uh, marshes. He hired us to do a thing, and we stumbled across this little gem. It's a small town that I think this hermit was delving into with some, some sort of team. And I think there's more there, more of this. If we can find the rest of this, we'll be set. This little fragment by itself is enough to... Uh, well, you just have to see for yourself, and he tosses it over to you.
4: Okay, yeah, I'll definitely uh, take a look at it, see if I uh, recognize anything about it or can sort of ascertain its potential value.
0: Yeah, so you begin to look over it, the d- decoration, uh, or at least the fragment of it on, um, on the one side, uh, seems like it was painted into the clay. Really, you just kind of have sort of out of context decoration. There's like a hand that's sticking out, but you don't see like the rest of the body. That's probably still in the vase. You also see that there is a giant, like more claw like hand reaching out to grab what this hand, this other hand is offering. And above that hand hovering over it is a single like eye, the iris of which is currently huge. Uh, And there are like little streaks that maybe denote that the eye is like glowing Uh, once you actually make a recall check. I can definitely do that. All right, let's see. I've rolled an opportunity and uh, there's
4: 13 for the difficulty. I'm actually going to uh, step down my shiny distinction for this roll.
0: Nine and even if you were to buy that other four that you rolled uh, that's not going to be enough.
4: But I do get that plot point.
0: You do get that plot point. Yeah, it doesn't make heads or tails uh, to you. But what happens here is that suddenly as you're like holding it and staring into that eye, there's a moment here where, uh, you know, I I think we have Fasir whistling in the background. uh, And that whistling gets muffled as you become momentarily infatuated with this eye that's here on this fragment. You frankly feel on top of the world right now. You feel reinvigorated. Fasir holding his hand out. Suddenly he's not several feet away, but right in front of your face, and you didn't even know this. he sticks his hand out expecting the fragment. He says, you feel that, boy? That's power. That's destiny. I don't know about all that,
4: but I can definitely tell it's valuable. I definitely want in. Perfect.
0: Get some rest. We'll strike out in the morning. I'll stay on the first watch. All right. Uh, It's at this point we cut over to uh, our trio here. You have been making it through the uh, marsh here for nearly an hour. Michelle, you've never lost uh, the trace of Zakhar at all. But eventually you hit a, like particularly less wooded area. The, well, the marsh in general is not very many trees, but you do hit like a point where they're particularly just the single tree in this vast area. And this is like right before you actually hit the actual swampland, right? Where we can see a bunch of those trees another hundred yards further on. Amid the reeds here in the marsh, we can also see what appears to be firelight. You can see the silhouettes in the distance. I would say you spot this on, uh, let's say 50 yards away. Uh, And at this point, it should also be noticed that the waters here at this part of the marsh average about six feet deep. I'm
1: going to tell everyone to get down and be quiet for a bit. As I say, I see fire in the distance. That might be our target. Or, well, it's something completely unrelated. In a way, both are potentially bad. That might be who we're looking for, but we shouldn't just rush into it because we don't know who it is. Now the waters in front of us are very, very deep—about a person, well, twice Ronnie, but about <laughs> normal-sized, so normal for Mount uh, Mays my, my and myself. So Ronnie might need to like sit on one of our shoulders as we go through.
2: Um, I don't think that's necessary.
1: You have like floaties?
2: I'm a normal person height, and she like. Tries to stand up real tall.
1: That's cute. (laughs) If you need any help, or, you know, I mean, mean, unless you know how to swim or something, I suppose, but I mean, who knows that?
2: Well, okay, I can swim, but, um, I don't want to get my sword dirty, either.
3: Are there foliage patches that we can sort of hop from like lily pad style <laughs> across the marsh.
1: <laughs> I don't know if lily pads <laughs> will support the weight of three full grown women. If you know,
2: <laughs> only we had frog legs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um Yeah, I mean there's there's enough here. Like if you took like a roundabout way to get to this uh fire, um, this campsite. Mm-hmm. You can do it without, uh, while minimizing your time in the water.
1: Now, here's an odd question. Is this water full of leeches? Because here's oh. the thing. We're in a Conan setting, so leeches are probably not like little annoyances. They're probably like the size of freaking, like, <laughs> s- like, s- like, you know what I'm talking about.
3: Like Princess. Bride
1: I mean, if you have to ask, then. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, you shouldn't have even brought it up.
1: Oh, I'd rather not be surprised by it. There's no way he didn't think of that.
3: <laughs>
0: I mean, I did uh, unnecessarily research marshes and the differences between marshes and swamps, and this all this trivial stuff and wetlands. So, and yeah, the, yeah, you can bet your bottom dollar there's going to be leeches.
3: Great, great, great,
1: great. There might oh. be leeches of unusual size, so maybe you're right. We shouldn't get our fl- get floaties out for Ronnie. We should try to get across safely.
3: So we should go around a little bit. I'd rather not get in with leeches.
2: Can't you, like, make something? You're, like, magic and, like, you make stuff, right?
3: You know about the glitch I mentioned? Some things kind of sniff out those glitches. And the more I use magic, the more accurate my location becomes to them. So I'd rather not resort to that for leeches.
2: So you're, like, a witch who can't use magic that often.
3: I think that's-
1: I think we're all witches who can't use magic-
3: Yes, you are all witches.
0: I will say, uh, Maze, your uh, your stench is gone. Your stench complication is gone. Your Eldritch magic stench.
3: Okay, we got distance.
0: Wait, who's
1: the one who's? Here's the thought I just had: if something, if you're basically setting yourself off and you're being hunted, what in the world is hunting you?
3: I have not discerned that yet, and I haven't found anything about it in my research. I've just heard stories of other magicians dying horrible deaths
1: so you learned magic after reading that a lot of wizards and witches just die horrific deaths i understand that actually i heard the same thing before i took this job
3: right you you hunt very dangerous beasts and and people and you still do the job that you do
1: well, you know, it pays, usually, when people don't try to screw you on the bill and then make you do a second job afterwards, but usually it pays.
2: Just like I pay people when I hire them to do a job and they complete the job.
1: You know, well, you know, also you could have just, you know, the person, oh, you know, go, go kill yourself for a person who's about to return the stolen good anyway.
2: I can't see the future.
1: So anyway, we can love. I think we've litigated this enough for now until much later. So I guess we'll go the long way around. But however we go, we have to stay low. We have to stay quiet. We can't make any noise, and we have to blend into the night because they have a fire, which means they're going to see us farther than we can. Well, we actually no, we can see them easier than they can see us. But they will see us (laughs) if we get too close.
3: They have the blinded by the light vision.
1: Rebbed up like a douche into like a motor in the night.
0: Ronnie, would you kindly make a roll for me? Can you make a discern roll? So I rolled a difficulty 10, and there's an opportunity on the board.
2: Okay, so I can take the 5 and the 7 for 12.
0: Nice. Ronnie, as Michelle is giving you all the rundown of like how best to approach this situation you see something slithering through the glass here from the uh, murky waters, which, by the way, the waters themselves have a higher concentration of that, like, blood orange tinge to it now. Not so much that that's all you see on the water, but is uh, there in lar- uh, larger volume. But yeah, you see something dark, slimy, starting to worm its way out of the water, and toward Maze,
2: Ronnie immediately jumps up and points his sword at it. And get up, get up! It's right there.
0: And I think this happens like right after Michelle was talking about how y'all need to be like quieter than usual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So what did I literally
1: just say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think Maze, um, you see where Ronnie's pointing and like like a literal like foot away from you is something crawling in the uh, grass here that is now like lifting up. It it kind of looks, sort of looks like a tentacle, but then the tip of that tentacle opens up, not unlike a leech. Oh
2: my oh
3: god. shit, I think for a moment she's like, how fascinating, and then she's like, oh shit, and backs up like...
0: Okay. Yeah. So between Ronnie, Michelle, or Maze, um, what does anyone do immediately besides like backing up and like what's what's the most actionable thing here that someone does?
1: Well, since if if no one minds, um, I think that since my character's a hunter, she might act first against this louse, a leech of unusual size. By uh, getting your spear at the ready and going in front of the group because she's the one with the most obvious. Because while she has a sword, swords are actually better for, I mean, my, this is literally just, I don't know if this is even true. I think I just read this somewhere once, but swords are better for fighting people, but they don't have a lot of range. So fighting an animal with a spear makes more sense. So it makes sense that I think I would get in front of the other two with my spear because I have more range and I can keep the creature farther back.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Ronnie's inclination is to hide behind something and let other people deal with it and then defend herself if it comes for her. So uh,
0: Before we talk about where we take that, we cut over to the camp. At this point, uh, Zakar, are you actually trying to get sleep at all? This is probably like 20 minutes later.
4: Even if I were, I don't know that I would have been able to with uh, thoughts of... Riches and also the fact that I've got a frog leg right now and (laughs) probably not quite used to it yet. So, yeah, I'm definitely awake.
0: Okay. Yeah. So as you're laying there awake, I think we have a shot of you maybe like looking toward the stars daydreaming. We see uh, we see Fasir, who's not really standing watch. He's just reading his book on a log and we see the adorable Duke just Uh, sleeping away as sitting by, um, against that one single tree there. And additionally, um, crawling into the frame of the camera, uh, we have several of these fat leech tentacle things crawling toward you, or slithering toward you. And that's when you notice it. What do you do? I probably jump up, and it takes me a little bit further than I'm used to because of the frog leg. We got leeches! These tentacles slither up and they seem to have like no end to them you know your campsite is like firmly centered on this plot of land and so the closest like point of water is 20 feet and these tentacles just seem to go on and on until it goes into that water for who knows how long and so these tentacles simultaneously raise up suddenly the tips Open up as a leech's mouth and they lunge forward, and that's where we'll end this episode. Zakara was played by JT. Oh, is this your
4: handiwork? It smells uh, god awful.
0: Ronnie was played by Laura.
2: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, like, threaten her. Uh, yeah, talk, talking is good.
0: Mies was played by Mo Skell.
3: So we should go around a little bit. I'd rather not get in with leeches.
0: And Michelle was played by Kamala.
1: I think we're all witches who can't use magic.
0: And I'm Kirby. I've been your guide through the broken palisades. You can follow the latest with Prime by Cortex by checking out any of the links in the show notes. We'll see you next time.